This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. You're listening to TGI Sports Talk with your host, Keith Angle, on Northeast Streaming Sports. everybody Keith Engel for TGI Sports Talks College Football Huddle how are you tonight a little stormy here in the Northeast today but May is gone welcome to June we have the 100 days uh, I think a couple days ago 100 days until the first games are played in the college football season in 2022 and what will we talk about until we get there <laughs> Well, hopefully you'll bring your topics tonight. I want you to be feel free to do that, especially these coming weeks. Tonight we got an interesting show. We're going to have Mac McGrath on from the Mac and Jack show. And uh, he's going to talk about a radical plan that he has to fundamentally change college football as we know it. We'll talk about that. We'll get your comments and feedback. I think it's a bit out there, but we'll let Mac speak for himself, obviously. Uh, it will be, it'll rattle your cages, I can promise you that. So be prepared. We'll bring Mac in in just a couple of minutes. We'll also talk some more Nick and Jimbo. Uh, we'll talk some quarterback situations uh, around the the college football landscape. And who knows what else we can come up with? You guys and your topics will keep this show rolling. As always, I want to thank, uh, as we're live right now on Facebook, we're live on YouTube, we're live on Twitter. Uh, we'll be live, sorry, plausibly live. This show will be replayed tomorrow on Roku at uh, noontime. As always, and get those Roku devices downloaded. Uh, our, we're growing, uh, our, our downloads are growing uh, exponentially there, and it's really, really good to see. And, and the growth on Northeast Streaming Sports and uh, TGI Sports Talk itself has been tremendous as well. And we have you to thank for that. So continue to like, share, and follow the shows and get on Roku, as we said. And uh, we'll have all of you in with your topics. Good evening, Rick Sherlock. Good to have you in tonight. I'm sure you'll have some comments on what Max got to share tonight. Alan, you as well. So we have uh, the SEC. We have the Big 12 representative. And Alan will be here for the whole show. We're good to see that. Or we're happy to see that. And uh, Rick says Mac has no problem speaking for himself when Jack lets him get a word in. And so Mac's on his own tonight. So we'll see how that goes. And I'm sure Mac can carry his own water tonight. And I think without further ado, so we can get him in, hear what he's got to say, because it's going to be very interesting. So be prepared. I think it, to use Mac's words, to have your mind blown with that. Good evening, Mac McGrath. How are you today? Uh, good evening, Keith. How are you doing today, buddy? I am doing fabulous. You know, I've been thinking about this uh, ever since you kind of uh, sprung it on me here a week or so ago. And, uh, you know, you gave me some of the, just some of the brief overview and then sent me some more detail. And uh, it's funny. <laughs> Because I happened to watch the rest of your show, as you told me to do that day. And uh, it was interesting. Um, I probably found myself landing more on uh, 
the Jim Jeff code side there, but again, there's some merit here. I I, I want to get I want to get the plan from you, um, and maybe we can start with why you see the plan to or, or see the need to go to this radical radical change i i I really don't think it's that radical i mean what's happened uh with college football right now right so the ncaa whether we like it or not runs the college football country it was set up a long time ago by teddy roosevelt it's a government body that runs college football period whether we like it or not at that. Right. And, and and the well, I mean, unless something happens where they the government, you know, gets rid of it, it's that's what it is. So we all know the problems the NCAA has had over the years and we all know how bad they've run college football. And part of this is their their fault. But that's for a whole I mean, we could talk about that for hours. So I want to bring it to today. Right. <clears throat> I think that when the NIL came out and you'll see a lot of stories coming out. And we talked about this months ago, Keith, about I, the NIL. You're ad nauseum, so I know what you mean, yeah. And, and you know, at first we say, well, yeah, that's right. The players should get, if the NCAA is promoting the NCA using players, name, image, and likes, they should be getting money for it. I mean, that sounds right. But me, you, and Jim Jeffcoat were probably the loudest say, whoa, 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 wait a minute, before – before we agree and think this is a great thing, let's think about what happens next. And we were right. And we'll get to that in a second. The portal comes in. And the portal on its base is, is great to me, right? I mean, you have coaches that recruit players and leave. And the reason why the players are going there uh, mainly is maybe because of that coach. Or maybe they they, they recruit these players and say, well, you'll be pr- starting – you know, we're, we're, we get all these pro players that come and they find themselves second or third string behind for whatever reason. And they say, OK, you can you can go one time. You can you know, you can go to another team if you like. I think it's basis, by the way. on the basis to me. That's great. Mm-hmm. Now you put those two together. And now recruiting comes in and with the Supreme Court striking down. The NCAA, it took the teeth out of the NCAA. So the NCAA right now is scared. What do I do? What rules should I make? Am I going to get sued again? And if you think about it, if you think about it, the there's a couple things that are coming around the corner, right? We got the, now we have the big, the big boosters, the big businesses are offering these guys, come here and we'll give you endorsements you couldn't get nowhere else. And if you if you think the next logical two steps here, Keith, if you think ahead like I do, and I think you do too, the next two things that are going to happen is going to be unionization, because they are no longer amateurs; they are now professionals. They can have agents, and certain players can get certain things. So you're going to have a union get involved in here, offering competitive pay, insurance, health benefits, and then the next step will be contracts. Believe it or not. And, and you heard one of the head coaches talk about that today. Uh-huh. How, how do you stop it? There's really no plausible way that the NCA can do that. You've got schools forming their own conferences. The NCA right now has lost <clears throat> its kind of grip it had before. So how do you stop that? Well, they can't, 
before you go on, they they certainly aren't going to police it themselves because they've left it up to the schools to police themselves. And there we see what and we there see the go. nightmare that's become. Yes. So there you go. So what can the NCAA do? Well, it can uh, file for a a a certain thing that professional sports did, right? <clears throat> it can it can file with the government for a non-exempt or an exempt, I should say, an exempt form uh -huh. where they can establish a draft. And if you think about it, if you think about it, right now what's going to happen is the schools with the biggest purpose uh, purses or the biggest backers are going to get the best players more than they ever have. So if you establish a draft, because the, the college football amateurism is done. It's all done. You can't put it back. It's done. It's been ruled on. And you have a draft. Now all of a sudden the NCAA, if they handle that right, if they handle that right, they don't have to worry about the big uh, boosters anymore. They don't have to worry about the big business. That, that's, that's all up to the agents. That's all up to the schools. All they got to do is establish a draft. So you get teams that were ranked 30 through one. Of course, the ranking, <laughs> rankings aren't perfect, but 30 through one. You give them division Div division one A, of course, and you let them have six rounds. After those six rounds up, you move down to the next 30 teams. You give them six rounds. And the player doesn't have to enter the first six rounds if he doesn't want to. He can wait to the second six rounds of the draft if he if he if he wants to. And also, what they'll do, what they also can do is they can use the the draft to trade drafts just like the NFL. So suppose let's let's throw Arch Manning in there. I think Purdue was 30th last year. Purdue drafts yeah. Arch Manning. Arch Manning will make a lot of money no matter, no matter what school he goes to. Now Correct. remember, this is only for kids that are there on athletic, especially football and basketball scholarships. That's the reason they're there. They're only there because they want to go to the NBA or the NFL. So if Georgia wants Archman, the agent wants Archman to go to Georgia, Georgia compensates Purdue just like they do in the NFL. So if you want Archman, I want, I want, I want your first and second round pick this year and your first round pick next year. So here we got the NCA is kind of in charge. This is all they got to do. They don't have to do anything else. Just make sure they do this. And well, now go ahead, go ahead. you have a fair system. So the portal, which is free agency, really, you could also use. You, you give the player either he has to stay in place for one or two years that he's drafted by. And then if the, the team wants him to go to another team, say he wants say Archman waits after year Purdue. And he decides that he wants to go to Georgia, and Georgia wants him. Well, if Georgia is going to uh, offer Archman a contract, him and his, his agent, then they got to reimburse Purdue. Basically, what you're doing is you're tuning, you are giving the players what they want. You are now making it more fair for all schools. <clears throat> and I don't see why, why this would not work. Okay, 
you know, first, I just I have to comment. You brought the perfect uh, example because Arch Manning, <laughs> if Purdue had the first draft pick, we know his grandfather, Archie, would be in there getting him manipulated to go wherever he wanted him to go. He's already done that with his, his both of his sons. So I'm sure he could do that for his grandson. Um, I mean, <laughs> I see, I can see why you come to this point. But I mean, where I'm at right now with this whole NIL thing is that it's gotten out of control and these guys have, and I think you're trying to correct this, right? I have the ability pretty much to be a free agent and kids are now you're renegotiating their NIL deals. You know, there's a kid at Miami going to play in basketball that has threatened a school that he'll go into the portal if they don't give him more NIL money because he's getting better offers elsewhere. Um, so I get, I get the, the, because we're on the same page when it comes to that stuff. But I don't like taking, and maybe we're heading that way anyway, as you said, I don't like taking the total student athlete out of the equation. If I, want to, if I want to go to Stanford or Duke, you're telling me I can't go there. Well, maybe I could, because if I'm a good enough student, I can go where I want. Basically, you're saying. Right. Your so let me let me give you the answer to that. So a student says, well. I don't want to be part of the draft. He has every right to do that, right? He could be a walk-in just like an NFL. Mm -hmm. But if this – and he can walk into a college, and if he's there on a scholarship, say, for education or music or whatever he wants to do, and he can maintain that B average, then there's no reason why he can't walk on and, and, and play with that university, right? But if the college is trying to backdoor him in and is – and is uh, is helping him in any way or fidgeting the numbers in any way, that school hmm. will, will not only be suspended, but will also <laughs> suffer draft choice losses. Well, who, who's going to police that, Mac? I mean, we have rules about those things now, and it, you know, obviously, this is a lot well, where a lot of academic scandals. I'm sorry, sports scandals come into play with academics. So, what would where, this, this? This is where the NCA will make its money. This is where they will do this. All they got to do is worry about this. Now, they ain't to worry about haircuts. They ain't got to worry about – they don't even have to worry about boosters anymore. Get all the boosters you want. Do whatever you want to do. Who cares anymore? Right now, Keith, we have lost amateurism. And let's not forget, not only are they going to get, you know, the, the endorsements and be able to play at these universities, you've got to figure in the tuition. If you go to if you go right now if you go to Alabama outside, you pay thirty thousand dollars a year. That's a year, so one hundred twenty thousand dollars for four years, right? To um, to get the housing there, another eighteen point something thousand dollars. Uh -huh. So you can throw another eighty thousand on. So to go to Georgia, um, yeah, to go to Alabama, sorry, on a four year scholarship. Free of charge, you're talking what almost two hundred thousand dollars, Keith. So that's part of the contract. I mean, that's in there. You got to figure that's costs. That is also what they're making. It's probably more to go to, say, uh, I would imagine Alabama than Purdue, right? Purdue is probably a little cheaper than Alabama. So that's got to be figured in with the cost also. What I'm saying, Keith, is if you want fairness, this is what would have to happen. Mm -hmm. Now, I've heard the biggest argument I've heard is minor leagues, right? Minor leagues. And there's a couple problems with that. Once, one, they are already their own minor league. They are the minor league. Who is What college football player 
is going to go into a minor league when they can go directly into the NFL as either drafted or undrafted as a walk-on. Second, well, <laughs> under either system, yours or the existing one, they're going to make more in college than they make in the USFL. Thank you. Thank you. Secondly, <laughs> a minor league in baseball and hockey, they are also traded to other teams for prospects and players. So, I mean, it's the same. I laugh when I hear that as far as when it comes to at least basketball and football, Keith. And all I'm saying, all I'm saying, Keith, is this is already gone. We cannot think of college football the way we used to. It's done. <clears throat> the only way that this could be resolved is to put a college draft in place by the NCAA. I'm not so sure that a strong <laughs> administrative uh, unit, take the NCAA out of play, because I agree they're a useless organization. They've done nothing. They, they institute, even if they put rules in, they don't police them. They, they're scared. Uh, they, they're wait scared. Until the, they wait until the FBI or some outside organization gets involved, and then they do what they have to do. Um, I mean, this obviously is radical. I know you don't think it's radical, but it is radical. It will definitely hurt the lower ranked leagues. It's going to help the uh, the the uh, Power Five teams. I mean, heck, I mean, of the top thirty, I got to believe off the top of my head, twenty seven or tw twenty six or twenty seven of them probably were from Power Five conferences, right? Right. Maybe that's a little high, but if I'm not going to get any picks to the lower rounds, uh, you know, Dan Sanders got the number one cornerback in the nation to go to Jackson State this year. That he, he's not going to get a shot at that kid in your, in your system. Exactly. Well, listen, it's a portal, right? You got the portal. So the portal after one year or two years, whatever the mandatory staying would be because of that draft, Deion Sanders could go get him, right? Go get him. And if he wants to make all that money, he can go play for Deion Sanders. And, 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 and I'm trying to remember what school he represents. Is it Arizona? I'm trying to remember uh, what school. Uh, Jackson uh, State. Jackson State. So Jackson he goes – so now he can go play for Jackson State. All the, all the Jackson State has to do is compensate the other team, just like they do in the NFL, Keith. All I'm saying is this is the only way I can see to keep it as fair as possible without uh, the bigger teams just getting bigger. And the teams you're talking about that are going to be affected are not going to have a chance, a chance at competing with these bigger teams anymore. Cincinnati's all done, Keith. You know, you, they're all done. Well, no I'm just saying there's no more Cincinnati's. There's going to be no more uh, um, uh, these teams that that have a chance. Oregon, man, they should. They should. But I'm just saying that on, compared to the rankings of last year, this is where you <laughs> get it. And you get reimbursed. Just like the NFL. Just like the uh, NBA. I mean, they're they right now, they're professional. This is what they are. And, I mean, I, I don't. there's no way of going back. There's no way of stopping a union from going in there. You can't stop a union. And there's no way really to stop them from signing contracts now. This is the only way that maybe you could get some kind of competition, uh, some kind of play. I mean, even if you go down, say, the last round, Keith, where you're down to 132 in the NFL, I think it's 152 in the NBA, you're still able to pick up some players, and they still can get some local endorsements. And hey, maybe a team in the you know in the top thirty to sixty see them and say, hey, listen, man, that kid's pretty good. We'll talk to you know the team at one forty and see if they're willing up to give that kid up, and maybe we give them something. 
So there is a chance for them to gain some players, not as much as, uh, but that's the way it is anyway, right? I mean, you kind of are going to get anybody big anyway. That's not going to happen. Well, Jim Moore is a coach there now. They might get, you know, the 1,000th ranked player in the country yeah, to go there. Listen, yeah. I mean, so so we talk about this from the standpoint of the universities and, and you know, college football as a rule, but what about, are people going to care if you're telling me that the only, and again, we, <laughs> We cover up the fact that, yes, it's a stepping – they're there just a stepping stone to the NFL, a lot of these kids. We know that. Right. But, but we still have really good conference play below the Power Five level, by the way. There's some good football being played. And you've got bowl games and you've got college football championship series uh, or playoffs to play. Are people going to tune in and watch when there's only – I mean, again, maybe you'll tell me there's only 30 teams that got a chance now, and I'll tell you, well, every five years you're going to get a chance at a Cincinnati or a UCF. But under your rank, under your your uh, uh, plan here, teams aren't going to be able to rise up the way that they they can now because you cannot build a program if you're going to be drafting behind 30, 60 other teams every single time. I, I believe you can, Keith. And I believe the reason why you believe you can, first of all, you're going to get your support at what college, whatever college you're at, whatever conference you're at, you're going to watch your conference. You're going to watch your colleges. That's not going to change. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you like, if you like the big East, you're going to watch the big East. That's, that's just the way it is. If you like the Atlantic, you're going to watch the Atlantic. The mm-hmm. thing, is, the thing that helps them out as you're talking about the smaller schools is when you have that one star player or those two star players that want to go to say a bigger school and get bigger endorsements and maybe get a better shot at the pros. Now, at least they get compensated, right? They would get compensated right now. They don't. So what they do is they take my player. So that may be one of the only players that could lead you to that conference championship and maybe give you a shot at getting a top 30. You get a couple good players. They could just leave now. Right. Correct. So but if they want to go somewhere, they got to compensate them. So if they want to, if, if the, the agent says, okay, we're going to send you to, you know, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has got to compensate them if they want that one or two players. So maybe they get four draft choice. Maybe they get a draft choice from Oklahoma in their first round. So what if, uh, you know, Jim Jeffco went to Arizona State for a reason. I'm sure you had this conversation with him. Right. I mean, Again, it, 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 taking the, the 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 choice away from the kids right. does not seem like the direction we ought to go in this in this in this fight. I mean, again, there's certainly problems with the system that we have today, but taking the choice of where I can go to school totally out of my hands seems to be again a bit radical. <laughs> it, to, a way to try to fix fix the problem. It seems like we're we're creating not more problems, but we're we're reaching the end that you're afraid of reaching anyway, and you're just you know artificially taking it there faster. Well, well, Keith. First of all, if you really want to go to this college to learn something, you don't, and it's not to go to play football, which most of what we're talking about is, or it's not to play professional basketball. You still can go through the same process. You still can get a scholarship. You still can be a walk-on. If Jim Jeffcoat wants to go to Arizona State, well, then he could he could don't go in the draft, right? Get in there, yeah. get your scholarship. Listen, the choice, the kids, you can't have it both ways. We call them kids. They're eighteen, right? They're eighteen years old. They can they can sign agents. They can get endorsements. If there's a draft, they can get drafted and go to war. 
I mean, I don't know about all this other stuff that these these uh, that these uh, laws are covering. But if if they are legally adults, if they do something that gets them in, in trouble, they're tried as adults. I mean, that's what they are. And you know, we didn't do this. This is something that that you know that the kids supposedly want representative, and they all like this thing. So if you want to be professional, if you want to make you know twenty million dollars, ten million dollars while you're in college, more power to you. But why should we let you choose when we don't let kids coming out of college choose where they're going, right? I mean, wouldn't you love to be a, a, a national football player and get drafted by the Detroit Lions? And, ah, nah, I don't want to go to Detroit. I'm going to go over and play for the Cowboys. You can't do that because now what happens is you have taken uh, all the possible, all the possible parody out of it. All this does, Keith, is take it to its end and start resolving issues before this thing gets so blown out of proportion, we ain't gonna know what's going on. I mean, well, let me talk. I want. I gotta circle back because again, I, I, I kept. I keep coming back to academics because even though it's you know, kind of a ruse in some situations, we know that. But you talk about penalizing people who are, who come into uh, under uh, uh, academic scholarships playing football, right? If they don't meet a certain standard. Right, if they're, trying to, if they're trying to beat the system, right. Yeah, right. But what about the kids who are drafted and, and do go where they're supposed, They're drafted? They don't have any academic standards to live up to at all. Am I going to class? Am I just there playing football? That's it. I, I mean, I, that's, again, that's right. the university. I mean, that's the university. That's up to them, right, Keith? I mean, why should why should the college, if you're drafting somebody to play football, you're not. You don't care if they're taking underwater basket weaving or whatever to get some kind of degree, right? You don't care about that. You want them there on the football player on the football field to make you some money, so your the, your school gets more uh, a more promotion. You get more. Uh, uh, you know, you get more accolades. I mean, that's what it's for. I mean, let's be honest. It's not. They, they don't care whether they get the. It's up to the. It's up to the to the young man. Let's start calling them young men. And young ladies, whether they want to get education or not, well, that's up to them now. That's up to them and their family and maybe their mom and dad and some counseling. I don't know. But why keep pretending? Why do we keep pretending that this is uh, a for when you're going to Georgia, you're going to get a, a as a football player, you're going to get an education. You're not. You're going yeah, to but, but, but there are real student athletes out there. And to me, this this system just penalizes them. Though. Oh, oh. totally. Totally. How does it penalize him? Give me the again, again. If I'm if I'm a good student athlete and I want to go to Alabama, right? I want to go to Alabama. I don't want to get drafted by Purdue, then, or I don't want to get drafted by. Then, uh, don't, then then don't enter the draft, Keith. Don't enter the draft. Go in there and tell your agent could work with Alabama and tell him, listen, I want to get in there and get an education, and I'll be a walk on. So you don't enter the draft that way. But so so you're not telling the player, hey, you have to go in the draft. If you mm -hmm. are academically, if you can if, if you can do it, and Alabama wants you to do it, and you could that's great. You could be a walk-in just like on the NFL. I mean, you don't have to go to any team in the NFL if they draft you. You can say no, right? Yeah, I don't want to go to draft. That's up to see to me, we got to start giving we gotta the power is with the students now. And their agents. That's where the power is right now. The universities True. are just uh, so let let them have the power, but they can't choose where they want to go a, a, as a young man. And 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 you know and 
and not keep it fair also when you have men that are drafted in the NFL, that are drafted in the NBA, that are drafted in the MLB, and that are drafted in the and and in the NHL, and they're men, right? They're men, and they can't decide where they go until they get free agency or whatever. Well, why wouldn't you just let those kids get drafted into the NFL uh, straight away? That's up to the NFL, right? It is, and right now they can't be until after they're. I believe their software classes. But, uh, but whose rule is that, Keith? That's the NFL's rule. There you go, Keith. That's the NFL's rule. And that's because these kids aren't ready to play in the NFL at, at yeah, eight. Well, again, Keith, that's up to the NFL. What's the NBA's rule, Keith? Uh, one year. Is it? Can't you go right in from high school? You cannot anymore. You have to go to school. You have to, you have to uh, either go to school for one year or go somewhere else for a year. You can't go straight up. All right, so they changed that a little bit to make it look better. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it's right. I mean, it's uh, again, it's a farce. One and done I, is. I, I, listen, I agree, Keith. But you know something? We, you're, what you're saying is, oh, we got to treat them like they're they're 15, 16 year old kids, and they're not. They're not. They're 18. They're they going to they make decisions. Listen, the NBA changed their rule in part because so many of these kids were coming out of uh, uh, excuse me high school. And they couldn't manage themselves. It isn't so much they weren't ready to play basketball. They weren't right. ready for life and all that was thrown at them as far as money and opportunity. And they'd mismanage because they can't make decisions at 18 years old that they can make later and, on. And, and you know something? There are some people that can't make decisions, financial decisions at 24 and 40. Well, I was going to say to you that there's scientific studies that say the decision-making part of a, of a person's brain doesn't develop till, fully develop till they're 27. In right. my case, we're like 55. So Right. So what we should do is hold the draft off till 27. <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. That's not what I'm saying. I just look at I, I you. You and I are certainly on the same page of why we've reached the point of you coming up with this plan. I just don't know that we're totally on the same page. And I get, I, I see some, as I look at this, I go, you know, there's some validity to what we're talking about here because a student athlete can still be a student athlete. Right. If he's that, if he's that good a student, he can go wherever he wants and be a top college star. I get sure. that. Sure. Can. The rest of it, I'm just not so sure the rest of the world is ready to accept. We'll find out. Well, I did well, ask, this. I don't think you ever answered me because did you get this copyrighted? Because I've been accused of stealing plans like this before. <laughs> well, I told you, I got a letter ready to go to the NCAA. <laughs> and and let's see if they could get themselves together. Because right now, Keith, it's just ridiculous, right? I mean, there's, there's nothing, there's no rules in place. Nick Saban's mad because there is no rules in place. Uh, you got Texas. <laughs> Ironic. Listen, and, I, before and, 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 it's, it's great. And Texas A&M, Texas A&M is, you know, they're, they're, he's not going to talk to, you know, Saban anymore because, you know, what he's saying is true and I don't like it. And then, yeah, hey, come on, man. This is ridiculous. Well, he didn't really accuse anybody of doing anything wrong, he said. Oh, well, he did. He, he pretty much said he did. I heard. <laughs> all the players, right? I heard. But it's, you know, whatever. But, you know, he's right, uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of people out there that, that, that know that this is the end of college football amateurism. It's done, Keith. And that's the hardest thing to accept. Me and you, we're old school, right? We consider yeah. people getting a scholarships payment. They don't consider that payment anymore, Keith. They say, well, they're making that school a lot of money. Well, maybe, 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 maybe. I don't know if they're making them $300,000 worth of money. Maybe they are, but they don't consider it payment anymore, Keith. The Supreme right. Court made its ruling. Now they got to deal with it.
And this is the only, only, only way I think that this could maybe uh, keep parity somewhat together is run it like a professional draft. I don't think parity's there. I think we, if you put this plane into place, the Alabamas and Georgias run wild. Run wild. You only get six picks, Keith. I understand. But I can get well, I can get guys in a portal every year as well. Yeah, but you're gonna have to compensate them teams. Yeah, now you don't have to. Now you don't have to. So you go to you go to you listen, you want Archman, you go down there and you talk to uh BYU and say we want Archman. They say, Well, what are you gonna give me, buddy? And that's how it works. Well, I'll tell you what, Mac. I even heard a bit. You know what? I'll give you credit because we all sit here and complain. And I just say, you know, because I'm old school. I'm like, give me back my football that I like. I want my traditional rivalries. Rivalries. Put my conferences back together. You know, make kids stay four years. And if that's never going to happen. I, you know, I know that. And I sit here, you know, screaming, get off my lawn. Uh, but at least you come up with a plan here. So I have to give you credit for that. And I think... You know, I, I want you to follow through on this. I hope you do, because I want to see how it comes out. Well, listen, I again, I don't like it, but I don't see no other. I don't see no other way, Keith, to compensate schools, especially with the portal, especially in 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 in, in recruiting. I mean, you know, I don't know how you compensate the smaller schools, and this is the only way you could do it, is by actually running it like a like an NFL draft. That's the only thing I can come up with. I don't I don't know any other way. Well, it merits some consideration. If if it won't work in its entirety, I think there is some some stuff here that the NCAA or whoever runs college football, because regardless of what happens, there's going to be drastic changes here in the next five years. I mean, the Power Five conferences have talked about breaking away and playing under their own uh, flag of the college football playoff uh, division or whatever they want to call themselves. The SEC, we've talked about it much, many times on your show. You know, they're going to build up a super conference and pick off the Ohio States and Penn States and and Michigans and have 40 schools and become their own, you know. Right. So, 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 now you, so now you have this draft and it doesn't matter if they do that or not, does it? Do whatever you want, because in the end, it's going to be the top 30 ranking that makes or the top, you know, the, the rankings of the NCAA that matters. Well, I want you to get this plan into the NCAA because I want to see your name on a list of candidates to replace Mike Emmert, uh, <laughs> who can't be gone soon enough. And uh, the candidates, you're you can't do worse than the candidates they put up there. So I, I, I I, I, that's, kind of, that's kind of a backhanded compliment there. But thank you anyway. <laughs> Listen, thanks for coming in and sharing this with us tonight. We'll talk more about it, I'm sure, as we go down the road and we get closer to some actual football and. This is going to be very interesting to watch uh, what happens and see where you can go with this. Because, again, the NCAA is going to change radically. Yeah. And might as well be your plan considered as well as any other. All right, Keith, you have a great night. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming in, Mac. Bye-bye. So that's Mac. Mac McGrath from the Mac and Jack show. With as I promised you, it would be radical. I'm surprised uh, you guys didn't have a few more comments on Mac's plan. I'm sure you will as we go along. And I'll be referring to this as we talk about the problems in college football. I'm not necessarily totally in agreement with Mac, as I said, um, because I think it's really, you know, getting us to the end of the road of where we're heading already. And maybe he's right. Maybe we should just speed up the process. If it's inevitable, that's where we're going. I pray to God we're not. I mean, that's just, you know, where we're at.
Um, so that was kind of an interesting. I did want to get into this because Max sprung it on me a couple of Sundays ago and and talked about it on his show after I'd done my little spot on Sunday morning. And uh, it was a very interesting premise. He wrote me. He did bring me. He, he's got himself a little uh, um, outline of how he thinks it should work, which I'm sure he'll expand on. And I do hope he gets a copyright because I don't want to, Jesus, I don't want to be doing a show someday. And I got some guy from, I'll have Mac like that guy on uh, uh, YouTube, you guys all remember, who uh, was going to take me to court and sue me when I was talking about the 16-team playoff, which only like a thousand other people have ever talked about. But this guy wrote a book on that nobody read. His mom might have read it. But this is much more in-depth than that certainly was. So thanks to Mac McGrath for that. And who knows what will happen? Let's see. Alan's got a comment here. I got, I got a kid shoes in a second, Rick. I didn't see it. Uh, what they need to do is get a group of people that can uh, do the playoff rankings better. They, they need to expand the playoff rankings or, uh, is what they need to do. Again, Alan, I mean, again, four teams is impossible to be fair. Somebody's always going to be left out. There is a where there is the ability to have more teams. I don't care whether it's I'd like to see 16 because I'd like to see all the conferences represented it represented represented um but i don't care you make it eight whatever you know it's, it's the big conferences that are fighting this the sec is fighting a tooth and nail and notre dame they don't want it notre dame's got a one four shot every single time this year but now if you you know well notre dame probably doesn't care if it goes to 16 they'd still get a one in five shot but anyway What's the rest of your comment here? Make teams be accountable for losing instead of dropping them a spot or two because of how good they look on paper. Well, I don't disagree with that. And <laughs> I guess it's a good thing Mac's gone because Rick <laughs> Rick likes Mac and Jack. Uh, but that was pure nonsense. Now, don't put Jack's name on it because I, I, I really don't remember where Jack stood on this. I think he was with him. I think he was with him mostly. Uh, I don't know if you're watching that day, Rick, but <laughs> it's good fun. And listen. Look at I I have to give Matt credit for one thing because I sit here and I rail about the, all, everything wrong with college sports every week. I don't have a plan to fix it except go back to what we had, and I don't see that's probably going to happen, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> oh gosh, guys, we'll talk about this if you want to anymore. By the way, Rick, you should like this plan. You got because you know that if 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 Georgia would would actually the plan Arch Manning will go where he wants to go, um, but Arch Manning could definitely end up in Georgia if he were to be drafted by Georgia. He'd have to go there. Um, but you know the top teams aren't going to have the top picks. So Mac, that part I don't know. Look at I'm kind of all over the board here, but to me you can't take a kid's choice uh, away from him. Uh, you know, in that regard. So we'll see. I don't know. Fun though. And again, I give Matt credit for, for coming up with this. He, he, he's really laid it out pretty well. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, when he sends his letter to the NCAA, um, his manifesto, as it were, <laughs> he'll, he'll, uh, hopefully they'll get some kind of response from it. So it'll be fun. Listen, guys, I want to, uh, play a real quick commercial for the, uh, for the, uh, uh, the Dream Ride experience uh, to raise money for the homeland, the home front 
sorry, uh, foundation. They raised lots of money in the last uh, uh, bunch of years, over $18 million total, $3 million last year. Northview Streaming Sports, a huge sponsor of this event. Please watch this uh, for 30 seconds, and I'll be right back, and we'll jump into some more college football news. Be back with you in a second. The Hometown Foundation is excited to bring back the Dream Ride Experience, August 26th to the 28th at Connecticut's Farmington Polo Club. Join us in celebrating the accomplishments of our Dream Riders while enjoying live music, a car and motorcycle show, family fun zone, pet adoptions, canine demonstrations, the fireman's chili cook-off, and much, much more. Get your tickets today. All right, some really good stuff there. And again, I, I do plan to consider, I got to check the schedule with uh, with my uh, event, uh, you know, my social secretary. Um, but there's a possibility we'll take a ride that Saturday and go down and check this event out. Not that far away. I think it's about an hour and a half, maybe. So maybe we'll get some of our, our people together and we'll take a ride that day. Who knows? Who knows? All right, guys. Uh Bit of news for Rick Sherlock. Uh, just a reminder: I'll be playing with our uh, one of our uh, regulars who's not with us tonight. Doesn't appear, or if he is, he's been quiet. Uh, Kenny Gifford and uh, and uh, two others in a, in a uh, scramble at uh, Rolling Hills. I get to see Joe the Pro Morendo for the first time. I usually see him during football season, um, and we'll play for a scramble for Loopy's Tavern uh, scholarship in her uh, her uh, late son's name. Uh, good tournament, a lot of fun, and it's for a good cause, as always. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Not sure what Friday's topics will be. I don't think Carlos is going to be able to make it in uh, Friday. He'll be traveling to uh, Nashville, and I don't really have an opportunity to record the show before, so it'll be I'll be flying solo, so I'm going to be counting on you guys to help me with some topics and uh, give me something. I'll be on the other side of the argument so we can debate. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll send a link that day and invite people in to uh, debate the topic they bring up real quick. We'll talk about that uh, more and see what you guys think. So let's see. We got some more comments about this before I move on. If the Power 5 teams break off into their own league, it'll be a terrible idea, uh, deal for college as a whole. I agree. Listen, Alan, you everybody who watches me knows that I'm an old fart and I'm also very old school and I want things the way they were when, <laughs> do I think the game was better? Not necessarily, but I think the way the game was run was better. When we had the college conferences set up the way we had them, the way we had traditional regional rivalries, college football is a very regional sport with national appeal. People care about uh, regional rivalries. On the East Coast, they care about uh, Nebraska, Oklahoma. They cared about Alabama, Auburn, right? But it's still a regional sport at its heart. And that's being taken away with all this uh, nonsense uh, that we've had with realignment. And, you know, if the SEC continues to try to become a super conference, it's just going to get worse. Is it good for college? No. They keep making money hand over fist because the TV deals keep getting better and better and better. And I don't know why. The games on the field is better for the most part. But the way it's run is worse. 
Well, that would be a great idea and maybe revert to, like I said, where we were two decades ago. Never going to happen. That's, I mean, and that's Mac's point. You know, I get it's it, again, he's taking it to a radical, um, you know, and, and, and certainly an extreme level, but he's not wrong in his premise for wanting to do it. That part is dead on. The way we're going, we're heading towards a ruin. Um, and that's the only place, you know, Rick, I know you, you think the plan is nonsense, and I'm not necessarily a fan of this plan, but where we're heading could be worse. Genie's out of bottle in college sports, right? And it's hard. To, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. He puts himself back in, I guess. But uh, I don't see that happening here. Changes do need to be made. No, I know. It's look at. I'm not going to speak for Mac about you know the the seriousness of his plan. Uh, again, I think it's. I understand what it's born from, though. It, it, it's pretty sad. Uh, we might be able to do that. Uh, we might be able to do that uh, Friday, Alan. If you want to come on. I won't be able to get Mancini on, though. If you remember, we're on at 8. It's about 5 a.m. out there in California. He's bad enough at uh, 7 a.m. when I get him on Sundays. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, what else we got here? So uh, so message me, and we'll talk about that. Um, I don't know if we can do an hour on it. Maybe we can do an hour on the NFC, AFC, or the NFC East. And you tell me, you know, maybe a couple other places where you and I uh, uh, part ways. Because, again, I don't want to just bring you on and agree with you, Alan. I want to bring you on and make you cry. <laughs> I'm like kidding. <laughs> I'm like kidding. Um, so we'll talk about that. Uh, let's get this banner off of here before Rick's head explodes. <laughs> let's take a swing around college football. What's going on right now? Oh, look at Nick Saban. Nick Saban has talked about, uh, you know, he didn't really say anybody did anything wrong um, when he called out Jimbo Fisher and uh, my computer won't stay on here. Uh, Jimbo Fisher and and Texas A&M. But look at when you when you pretty when you pretty much. um, When you pretty much say, yeah, you got the best recruiting class in the country, but you bought them all. And again, that's part of what the problem is. They likely, <laughs> this is where we I get into my debates with Carlos all the time, right? There is something wrong when you can go just go buy players. It's not supposed to be part of the recruiting process. Nick Saban says that it is. I'm sure Alabama does the same thing, though. And the problem is there's nobody to police this. And for him to say, I didn't say anybody did anything wrong, then, well, that, does, that means he's okay. That goes against what he says because he's not necessarily for the NIL. Alabama doesn't need to use NIL money to bring in players. They just don't. Probably Georgia doesn't need it. LSU doesn't need it. Oklahoma doesn't need it. it certainly helps. The whole thing is it's just bastardized so badly. You know, again, I think kids ought to be able to get home to see their uh, their their dying grandparent or go to a funeral or, you know, whatever else. Some of the things that teams have been put on probation for going back through history are just ir- 
idiotic. You know, it's funny, but and Jimbo's Jimbo will say, or I'm sorry, Saban says he has no problem with Jimbo at all. I think Jimbo's got a bigger problem with Nick Saban. You know, they they have a relationship going back to uh, Jimbo's days as the offensive coordinator at at LSU, where they won a national championship, and I believe Kirby Smart was on that uh, staff as well, if I'm not wrong, Rick. Um, and I don't know that that Kirby was a big fan of Nick then, and you know he's had to coach in his shadow except for one national championship he won at Florida State, which, you know, good for him. But other than that, Jimbo Fisher's teams, in my mind, have underperformed consistently since that national championship. He always seems to recruit well. Good example. Look at USC and all the players they brought in. Yeah, well, you know what? It's... Here and there's another thing. So the portal and the and the and the NIL, which again Mac alluded to tonight, and I've talked to uh, talked about ad nauseum on this show. Um, there, those two things, when you put them together, are an evil. Now I don't have a problem in certain instances with the transfer portal, as I've said through the through, consistently on this show. If my coach leaves. I should be able to leave as well. Now, maybe you want to have a rule where he can't go to where his coach went, which is with the case with USC, Lincoln Riley, and Caleb Williams. But if your coach doesn't stick around, and because that's the triumvirate, right? You got NIL, you got the portal, and you got coaches able to move and just break any contract that they have. And that's just a recipe for, you know, coaches are lying to players right and left. I mean, look at Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is going to the kids' living room saying, you know, come see me, play for me the next four years at Jackson State. Guarantee you, even if he doesn't get the job, as I think he will if Mike Norville doesn't get it together this year, Deion Sanders is looking at the Florida State job. So every kid he goes and talks to, he's basically lying to when he says, come play for me for four years at Jackson State. Now, there are coaches that are not doing that because, you know, Nick Saban or the people recruiting for Nick Saban are, are not lying. He's not going anywhere. Um, but there's only a handful of guys that you can say that about who aren't going to be looking for the next best job. I mean, even the great jobs don't keep coaches there. Who lead, who has ever left Notre Dame to go coach another school? I can't think of a great coach that has. Lou Holtz coached South Carolina afterwards, but he had basically retired from Notre Dame, had been out of football, and then went back. That's a little bit different than what Kelly's done this time. So even great Jobs don't keep coaches where they are, unless you're Nick Saban. I mean, give me another example of a coach who, who hasn't at least had his name mentioned with other jobs. Nick Saban's never had his name, maybe with the NFL here and there, but never had his name mentioned with another college job, because and he's never going to leave. So he might be the one guy who can go into a kid's living room and not be lying to him when he says, I'll be here four years, come, come play for me. 
Yeah, I mean, that was the main reason why Texas is getting a lot of media attention. Uh, well, again, it's it, it. There's another school that needs to get it done. We talked a couple of weeks ago, Alan, about you know which which Texas school we thought would win first, win the national championship first, or maybe it was even get to a playoff first. Steve Garcesian's in in a make or break season here. So that's why they're doing what they're doing. And all of these schools, all of these big name schools, the boosters are involved with the recruiting of players through NIL dollars. And that's the one rule that you're not supposed to break. But we break it every time. That's the one rule that's getting broke everywhere. Weiss. Who? Uh, hello, Carlos, by the way. I didn't say hello to Car uh, Alan. I think it's that. I didn't say hello to Dave Guyette. I didn't say hello to, uh, I'm going to butcher your name. Can I just call you Sala? Otherwise, I'll butcher your name. I don't want to. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I'm glad you're watching with us uh, wherever you're at in the world. You feel free to speak up. Bob Stoops was like that in his tenure at, at, at Oklahoma. I think I will give you that one. Um but Lincoln Riley wasn't above it, right? Uh, obviously. And Venable probably won't be either. There's very few. Char Charlie Weiss. He didn't leave Notre Dame on his own, by the way, Char uh, Carlos. He was he was chased out the door. And do you remember where he coached next? Kansas. Horribly. Charlie Weiss had one good year at Notre Dame and, and it all fell apart. And Charlie Weiss did not leave of his own accord. He was chased out the door. He didn't, you know, he, and again, I'm not saying unsuccessful coaches might not have left. I don't know where, uh, uh, crap. Who's the uh, coach, Gary Moeller. I don't know where Gary, what Gary Moeller did after, uh, actually I think Gary Moeller went to Akron and coached very successfully, by the way. But I'm talking about legendary, good coach. Listen, Kelly doesn't have doesn't have a national championship, but he's got a boatload of wins at Notre Dame. So very successful coaches, as I said, don't leave, have never left Notre Dame before Chip, Chip Kelly. Sorry, Brian Kelly. Um, Eric Parsegian didn't. He retired. Frankly, he didn't. Nuke Rockney certainly didn't. He died in a plane crash. Uh, Marion Barber. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. What's this? Uh, Kansas fell off with that coach. Kansas fell off before that. Kansas said a couple of good years under Mark Mangini. Um, and then he destroyed the program, by the way. And the, the, uh, the administration destroyed the program. They had a really good run. They went to an Orange Bowl. Uh, I know they they may have won a Big Twelve championship, but that that was already on its way down. And I don't know, to be honest with you, we're going to take a quick look now. I don't know that Charlie Weiss actually even followed him uh, as the coach. To be honest with you, let's take a quick look and find out. Though I think there was a coach in between. Ah, uh, there's the coach now, Kansas. Uh, let's do college football coach at Kansas. 
Um, where are we? Oh, got to go down further. Yeah. So Mark Mangini, who did very, very well, by the way, coached from 2002 to 2009, went 98. Sorry, that's 98 games, right? Wins and losses. 50 and 48, which is really good at Kansas. And he had some really good seasons, by the way. He was a big coach, big 10 coach of the year, big 12 coach of the year, sorry. AP National Coach of the Year. Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year. Sporting News College Coach of the Year. A lot of these were 2007. Woody Hayes Trophy. I believe that's the year they went to uh, uh, the Orange Bowl. He resigned following a launch of an investigation into his coaching practices. He was followed by Turner Gill, who really ran the program into the ground in two years. Then Charlie Weiss came in. And Mark Mangino, by the way, guys, or Carlos, 2007, he goes 12 and 1, then he goes 8 and 5, 5 and 7. He and he was really in trouble for the way for mistreating kids. And, you know, I get I get on that not being such a big deal. But th- some of the things that went on there were really uncalled for. And uh so again, Charlie Weiss is not uh, you know, Nuke Rockney, but he didn't run Kansas in the ground. Kansas did that all by themselves. He was an underrated coach uh, for a couple of years. He he had Kansas relevant. And the only coach I can think of in my lifetime to have Kansas relevant was Mark Mangino. John DeLon's with us tonight. Speaking of SEC uh, elitists, <laughs> welcome, John. Good to have you with us. Uh, if Charlie Weiss and Mark Mangino were about to get into an oil wrestling thing. <laughs> oh, John. John. <laughs> you just paid me back for all the times I've called you an SEC elitist because I will never now get that picture out of my mind. And I thank you very, very much for that. Yikes. <laughs> That's very funny, though. 2008, uh, Oklahoma won the title because they uh, blew out Missouri. Uh, 2007 season, 2008 Orange Bowl, I'm guessing then, uh, Alan. Yeah, 2007 season, so they played in the two, the Orange Bowl would have been 2008. There, there you go. Alan and I always seem to be doing this. Uh, did he kick the kicker? What did he do? Let's see what he did. Bet you no show is talking about Mark Mangino as much as we are right now. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Let's see, through a penalty flag. That's not the one I think I thought it was. Uh, he had uh, chronic uh, alleged misconduct towards his player, became the subject of an internal investigation. Uh, he reportedly, uh, uh, matters came to a head after Mangino grabbed linebacker, artist Wright, yelled at him, God forbid, don't do that, and poked him in the chest before a game in Colorado. Not that that sounds really bad, does it? I mean, Rick... Some of the coaches uh, we know of, certainly, and again, it depends on, you know, it, it, it depends on how what else is going on, right? Uh, if it's all that type of harassment, well, then that's not good. Uh, I'm trying to find out. I thought there was a kicker involved myself. He also had trouble with parking tickets and got into a verbal abuse with campus police over parking tickets and whatnot. I do remember there being a kicker involved too, but I just don't see it here in the the uh, what I'm reading. 
So, Mark Mangino, you're welcome for the free publicity tonight on the TGI Sports Talk College Football Huddle. Yeah, I do remember reading something about that at the time too. Uh, he was a bit of a bit of a uh, loose cannon. <laughs> that's right, John. I did know that you own up to it, so that's why I felt okay calling you the SEC elitist. <laughs> I should make you do uh, an audio recording of uh, T. Bob Herbert's Mark Mangino story. It's hilarious. I'd love it. Is it clean? <laughs> can we keep it uh, uh, PG-13? I mean, we can have a couple of, you know, off-color remarks, but we, we don't want to go with, you know, full-blown F-bombs. But if you can, send it to me and uh, email it to me, uh, uh, John, if you go to uh, the website, I think you'll see my email address, pats09 at msn.com. Certainly, I'd love to play it. I think it'd be hilarious. I would love to, you know, I love funny is funny to me. Oh, you were talking about Urban Meyer. Where? Where were you talking about Urban Meyer? I did miss your thing about uh, Marion Barber uh, uh, found dead. Rest in peace. Yes, Marion Barber. Sorry to hear that news. I think you're laughing at me, Carlos. <laughs> Believe me, Urban Meyer could not go and make Kansas a relevant football program today. All right, send it to me. I'd love to do it. I love funny stuff. Well, there you go. Obviously, never played for Mike Mongan or Dick Roberti. But here's the difference, um, I think. Those people were good human beings who in trying to get a point across and and teach lessons and 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 you know where they're needed probably for 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 to get through to people they might have raised their voices they might have grabbed somebody's shirt but they were good human beings otherwise correct i mean and correct, maybe I'm wrong with your opinion, but I think I know where you're going with this, Rick. I mean, tough love is okay. But again, if it if it's only that, right, if it's all verbal abuse and there's no positive reinforcement to go with it, that's where it falls apart. And I understand that. Definitely understand that. At Jacksonville, I think the kicker – oh, you're talking about uh, – yeah, I, I thought now I got it. Sorry, uh, Carlos. Uh, I I didn't know where the Urban Meyer thing came in. I didn't I didn't see a switch gears to Urban Meyer. So I think the kicker was the thing that made that. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Um, listen, and it's funny because I don't look as Urban Meyer as an imposing figure that you'd be afraid of him laying his hands on you. Yes, Marion Barber was was a good player. Um, uh, played quite a few years in the NFL, as far as I know, and uh, I did not know he had passed. And we send our condolences to, uh, you know, his family uh, at this tough time. So, so very, very sorry to hear that. All right. So we've gone for a long time on Kansas uh, football history. And what else you guys got for me tonight? I can go a few places or I can let you guys throw some stuff at me. So let me look back at the news here a little more. 
and uh, I got a couple topics we can we can rattle off if you guys don't have anywhere you want to go. Uh, I got some stuff in the mailbag here a little bit, which I'll dive into. I'm looking at the news. I don't really see much. I did I did see the Sugar Bowl was moved from January 1st uh, to do to New Year's Eve to uh, uh, avoid the NFL games on New Year's Day. And Georgia, speaking of uh, Rick Sherlock's favorite school and uh, one of those SEC teams that I know John DeLon, while he may not root for them, uh, certainly believes are better than anybody else in the country. Kirby Smart is rumored to be looking at a uh, extension uh, from the university. Uh, let's see. I was looking for some information about this. I don't really see any details. Uh, also, offensive coordinator Todd Monken's salary was increased from 1.25 to 2 million. You know, one thing that gets lost sometimes is the money that these assistants, especially the coordinators at the college level, make, or level are making now. You know, two million dollars to be a coordinator in in the college is is really doing pretty well, right? Uh, smart. So here's smart. He agreed to a four, seven year, $49 million extension in May, 2018. That almost doubled his compensation from his original contract. His current average annual pay, excuse me, is $7 million, which ranks six in the SEC. That seems like a crime right there. Nick Saban, of course, number one at 10.6, Brian Kelly, 9.5, Jimbo, 9 million, Lane Kiffin, 7.25. You know, <laughs> I know I defend Lane Kiffin here a lot. Lane Kiffin shouldn't be making more than Kirby Smart. <clears throat> Sorry, I got myself all dried out here going on about Mark Mangino. And Billy Napier at Florida is making more than Smart. So I don't know what, there's no details in this story about what that's going to look like that extension, but he's certainly due for a pay raise. Is he shouldn't be the sixth highest coach in this conference, that's for sure. Jack Hirsch, welcome, Jack. Any hope for the Knicks? Not in the college football, Jack. I don't see the Knicks having any chance to compete for a national championship this year. Uh, I think they're a little weak on the offensive and defensive lines, and uh, they do need a quarterback. <laughs> Just kidding. So no hope for the Knicks. We'll talk about that on Friday, but I'm glad to have you in here tonight. Jack Hirsch, you missed you miss your boy Mac earlier. Maybe you were here and quiet. I don't know. So Jack's talking about, yes. So college coordinators making more than, than many uh, major league baseball managers. The top tier managers are making a lot more than that, obviously. But, you know, I'm sure Brandon Hyde is not making probably what the top coordinators are making in, in the NFL uh, losing game after game with the Orioles. So good point by Jack there. Uh, Carlos said he'll be an offensive coordinator for like $70,000. Just don't write me parking tickets. Well, that's not a bad deal. And I don't know that you can fire yourself, though, Carlos. You're, you're liable, you know, to have one of those coaches that you were upset about. Uh, I think we're back on Marion Barber. Unfortunately, the life spiral out of control in the recent years, and you always have to wonder what a repeated head. You know, it, it's it's a re, it's a recurring theme and a sad theme when it comes to football players, uh, Rick. Um, we just don't know the toll that they take, and 
uh, you know, the toll that the, 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 the blows, as you said, the repeated blows take and, and with Jack here, the same thing with boxers. Right. And it's a sad thing to watch that happen. Charlie Ward was, uh, was, uh, certainly a good quarterback for the uh, fl- better quarterback for the Florida state, uh, Seminoles than he was for the Knicks, but, uh, Jack is Jack's riding this Nick thing for all it's worth. The they, the Knicks do need a quarterback, Jack. We know that they need a point guard. So you managed to get Knicks into my college football huddle show. Well done, Jack Hirsch. That's <laughs> why Mac has trouble winning you in on Fridays. Uh, kidding you, buddy. You know I love you. Next time finally get relevant. Let's not go down a Nick road today. Don't hijack my whole college football show. Let's get Jen on because, you know, I've only had one SEC elitist on the show tonight, not Rick. So what's John got for us? The entire city of Oxford, Mississippi had to take out a second and third mortgage to pay Kiffin that much money. Lane Kiffin is, is most likely, as it, and here's something to really think about as well, guys, when we're talking about money, and look at you guys know me and I, I always say people are worth whatever whatever somebody is willing to pay them. I don't begrudge people making money. But every, I would guess, I guess there'd be a couple of exceptions. The great majority of the states in this great union of ours, the highest paid official in the, in the uh, state is the co- head football coach. Another thing we can debate, Alan, Alan wants your spot, Carlos. You better watch out. Who gets the first finals? Knicks or the Thunder? Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Jack, you need to talk to your partner about your harebrained, uh, his harebrained ideas. Uh, we had some fun with Mac earlier. Look at, and Jack, if you're still here. <laughs> I understand where the idea is born from, as I said, you know, it's, it, we're heading down a bad path and I don't know how we're going to fix it, <laughs> but you know, it's going to get us there quicker. That's for damn sure. And Jack says he'll do that. <laughs> I can't remember Jack, whether you were on the same, I don't know if you were on the same page as Mac that day or not. I did watch that show. I'd had a couple of uh, adult cocktails. <laughs> that day before I watched that that uh, segment after I was on the show, not that early. This was later in the afternoon. But Jack Hirsch could write about uh, should write about Connecticut, <laughs> the state or the football <laughs> or the football program. Listen, I, let me say this about Connecticut. <clears throat> I think we talked about this last week. Connecticut is a really pretty sure we talked about this last week. Connecticut is a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, it, 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 it's a warning sign for college football. Connecticut and the demise of the Big East is, is where college football started to go off the rails. Connecticut had a really good football program, and the Big East was a very representative football conference until the basketball schools decided to go to the ACC, and the football schools were left with nothing. Um, And Connecticut, again, 
10 years removed from a festival now is a laughing stock of the, of the, of the country when it comes to connect, uh, college football. Maybe Jim Moore can come in there and do something. I don't know. But it's a shame, and it's really a, a warning signal to, to college football. This was a good football school in the East. I mean, how many good schools are there in the East? Football schools right now. BC, eh. Syracuse, eh. Connecticut, horrendous. Penn State, not really in the East, sort of. I guess we'll call them the East. But you know I'm not a big James Franklin fan. But Connecticut was a very, very sad story. That team was on the come, you know, with Randy Etzel's first go-around there. And it was just totally derailed by the Big East dissolving back in this first wave, real wave of, of – uh, Conference realignment in 2012. Horrendous what happened there. John Long, I think Alabama football team could beat the Knicks in a game. <laughs> That's possible as well. The Knicks are taking it tough on the college football show tonight. Thanks for bringing them up, Jack. Oh, my God. I guess you're on the same page as Mac then. See, my problem, Jack, is, you know, I understand, again, why Mac has come to this point that he thinks we need this radical, fundamental change in, in college football because of where we're heading. But I say we fix the problems that we have and don't just say, okay, it's inevitable we get to this point. Let's just do it. That's why I can't. I can't wrap my head around this in its entirety. Plus, you can't take the choice where a kid goes to school away from him. And I know there are things within that uh, uh, that that Mac has laid out here. That's that kids who are smart enough and good enough in football would get to go where they wanted and play where they want. Speaking of bad teams, someone predicted a Big Ten title game between Wisconsin and Nebraska. Well, first of all, don't they play in the same division? Hang on a second. <laughs> oh, gosh, I got to get to my uh, – I don't think that can even possibly be. Well, if they did away with divisions like a lot of the schools are talking about, there wouldn't be a problem, right? Yeah, they play in the same co- division. I don't know how that can possibly happen. Now, if they do away with it, by the way, it's not going to happen. Nebraska is going to be better this year. They are not going to be even close to being as good as Michigan or Ohio State or Michigan State, or even Iowa. Most likely. Maybe they can challenge Iowa for the fourth best record in the conference. Maybe they can challenge for for a New Year's Day bowl game. Maybe. They learn how to win games. UConn played Oklahoma in that Fiesta Bowl. That's what I say. That was, I think, back in, I want to say 2011, 2012. See how close I am, Alan. Let's see what I can find here. Fiesta Bowl. Get them in the Wikipedia. I love Wikipedia, especially when I can change it if I want. Oh, man, they don't get... Oh, that's tw- tw- that's 22. I want the... Uh, 
guess I'm not going to find it. I thought I'd find it easy, but I'm not. Uh, all I got is 2022. Anyway, I th- it was around 2011, just before the Big East broke up. Um, yes, UConn basketball is back on the rise, Rick, because the Big East has had a resurgence. UConn left. Remember something. Big When the Big East broke up, the only – UConn did not stay. The only teams that stayed in the, in, in the Big East in basketball were the Catholic schools that didn't have a football program. UConn still wanted to play football. So they couldn't play with St. John's, and they couldn't play with with uh, Rutgers. While well, Rutgers was still there, I think. Uh, Seton Hall and and Villanova. None of them had Division One football. So they went to the American. Didn't do well. Couldn't recruit when their kids were going to go out and play in the Midwest most of the time. But UConn got better, and Big East basketball got better when UConn re, re, uh, returned there. So, And a great job, too, uh, by, uh, by Danny Hurley as well. No way was it the worst idea because all of high schools are not saying, no way, that's no way, that's the worst. Okay, I, I need some punctuation here, Carlos. See, when I read it, it looks like you say, no way, that's the worst idea. I need some punctuation. No way, comma. Look at me. Look at me, the Perth grad who can't pronounce anybody's name commenting on somebody's punctuation. Yeah, I'm not for the idea, and I don't, yeah. (laughs) We're not getting good reception here back in check. That's okay. Uh, Rangers are getting ready to start great rendition. Ranger games tonight? Oh, man. All right. We know what we're doing the rest of the No, Rangers were last night, weren't they? Wasn't game four. I don't have any idea what day it is. Are we actually kicking off game one tonight, the, fi- the conference final? 2011 Fiesta Bowl. I'm not too bad. You know, the memory is not totally gone. And I believe the Big East broke off the next year. UConn had to go off to to the American, and that was the end, or the beginning of the end. Nice. Rangers scored less than two minutes in. Thanks for the hockey update. Usually I get that from Carlos, or he gives me the Mets updates, I guess. Uh, So I know we'll be doing immediately after this show. My wife will be very uh, unhappy when I take the remote away from her and put the Ranger game on, unless I stay up here in my office. Uh, 2012 was Stanford and Oklahoma State. Listen, you know, the Fiesta Bowl, boy, I remember when it came into to into being when I was a younger man in the 70s, and it quickly grew into a very prominent bowl. And they would get long before they were part of the, the whole rotation during the BCS era and, and now the championship uh, playoff era, a college football playoff era. They were all before they were in the rotation for championship games. That was a really good bowl game. And I believe, you know, one of the first made for TV matchups for, for college football championships was a Fiesta Bowl, Penn State against Miami. Um, I think it was uh, might have been Joe Paterno's first national championship. Vinny Testaverde threw about 12 interceptions in that game. 
Well, Jack, I can tell you, you guys have really hijacked my college football show here tonight, but I will tell you I'm rooting for the Rangers here, obviously. Um, the Lightning will be a tough out, though, and we'll be talking about that uh, all weekend. And we'll have, uh, by the way, Jim Beringer on Sunday on the Stream of Consciousness show to get us up to date on everywhere we are. Everywhere we are, whatever that means. Uh, the year that many felt the Cowboys should have been in the national title game. <clears throat> you know, there's a couple of seasons where Oklahoma State has been close, but no cigar. This was another one uh, this past year, right? I mean, we're, we're never going to know. They needed to beat Baylor. But if they beat Baylor last year, I'm still convinced that the powers that be would have totally screwed Cincinnati and put Oklahoma State in the college football playoff last year. I think we'll just keep going with your comments here, guys. The TV deck is off the table tonight. The T oh, the deck TVs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely, I'm definitely not going to be outside uh, tonight by the fire pit. That's for sure. That's uh, not on the, in the cards tonight. LSU would have massacred Oklahoma state in 2011. John's still with us. So we get the SEC. I can't remember the LSU team in 2011, uh, John. Uh, it would have been interesting. I'm sure they played Alabama in that, in that title game, no? And please tell me it wasn't a 6-3 to three game. That I think I just woke up from just now. Any update on Saban versus Fisher? Yes, we talked a little bit about it, Jack. Saban has uh, claimed that he really didn't mean to, you know, say anybody did anything wrong when he said Texas A&M had bought their entire uh, recruiting class, which I'm not sure how he can make that claim and then still stand by his feeling that the NIL is bad. And one thing you can't do with the NIL is, is recruit. We all know that. So we know he was saying they did something wrong. So I don't know how he can back away from that now. He says he has nothing against Jimbo. Um, you know, it'd be interesting, you know, how about a grudge match with Jimbo and Nick Saban at, you know, midfield uh, before the Texas A&M uh, uh, Alabama game. I know Jimbo's younger. I wouldn't rule Nick Saban finding a way to, to, to you know, get scrappy and win that battle. I don't know. They lost 21-0 to Bama. That was a – okay, so that was the uh, year they lost to Alabama. I mean, didn't they play them like two years in a row or two, or two times in three years or something, John, in that in that same time frame? Didn't they lose a oh, – gosh, maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe it was a uh, SEC championship game. I seem to remember a national championship game with those two teams. It was like six to three. Ugh. All right, shoot some more stuff at me, guys, because we didn't get into anything I wanted to except Max, Max story tonight. Let me see what else I got here. I'm gonna go to the, let me see if I can bring up something quick from the mailbag that might. Uh, uh, there's more nil stuff. Who the hell wants to talk about that? Um. How would you rank the G5 conferences as far as football goes? Hmm. Bama and Texas do play this year uh, for sure. That'll be an interesting – listen, well, 
Nick Saban's had his way with his former assistants until Kirby kind of broke the jinx this year, right? For the most part. Um, I don't give Texas a, lo- a whole lot of hope. I think Alabama, listen, Nick Saban, again, I will say this again. I know you guys who are, even the SEC elitists will probably hate me. Nick Saban is the greatest football coach in the history of college football. What he did last year with a subpar Alabama team, that was not one of his best teams. He had a great quarterback and a couple of receivers and not a whole lot else. Yes, better than most teams, I get it. But Alabama, from an Alabama uh, uh, level, well below uh, what their better teams have been. And he damn well came, he came damn close to winning a national championship. Everyone who makes money wants to talk NIL. <laughs> uh, ain't nobody paying me NIL money. My picture's everywhere. I can get paid a nickel. John DeLon, it's a total lie. Jimbo and Nick hate each other from their LSU. Well, yes, you're talking about Saban's comment. Yeah, I, I understand. I think the hate goes both ways. I think they hate more. And again, I said this earlier, John, maybe I'm wrong because, again, you guys are closer to the situation down there in, in the in the south, but uh, and also when they were at LSU, I'm sure you uh, have some stories which you're talking about here. Um, I've talked to multiple players uh, from those teams who said that Jimbo and Nick got into screaming matches all the time. Which here's a good question, and I don't disagree with you at all. I don't think they have any love loss for each other. What offensive coordinator? Has Nick Saban not gotten a shouting match with, though? I mean, let's remember that a little bit. Jack, yes. It's probably blasphemy, even with Alabama people, I suppose. But I think Nick Saban is the greatest college football, college basketball coach. I think coach basketball, he'd probably be the greatest college basketball coach. I think he's the greatest college basketball. (laughs) Did it again. Oh, getting tired. Greatest college football coach of all time. The game's so much different. There's there's so many better teams today than than Bears teams had. And that's to take nothing away from Bear Bryant. It's just that the game is different. The players are different. The competition is better. And I think what Nick Saban has done since he's been at Alabama has been historic. Georgia and Oklahoma play next year. You got it all, Alan. <laughs> Cincinnati plays Arkansas. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hold on. I'm not sure whether you put that up sarcastically. <laughs> uh, Carlos or not, I'm going to laugh. Yankees postponed the uh, WNBA. Uh, sorry. I don't want to be sexist, right? I just can't get into it too that much. Uh, I'm excited for <laughs> Oh, my God. It's got to be about time to go, right? Come on, Jack. Give me something else smart. Oh, my God. I was going to talk a little about scheduling and whether some of the new TV contracts would improve it. Uh, we'll get into that in the coming weeks for sure. Uh, I can get to maybe one or two more comments here anyway. Jack. 
<laughs> Jack, did you play for Bear Bryant? I think Jack was a, was an assistant coach before Bear got to. Uh, they played for him at Kentucky before he got to Alabama. <laughs> All right, Jen, you got one more, and I'm going to wrap this baby up tonight, I think. Uh, if you're talking uh, to an older Bama fan and they've had a few adult beverages <laughs> and you think Nick is better than a bear, you should probably keep it to yourself. Uh, listen, my fighting days are over, John. So, unfortunately, unfortunately, my mouth still works the way it did when I was <laughs> 25, but the rest of me doesn't. It works like I'm 62, so you're probably right. Boomer Sooners, it's going to be fun. You know what? We're less than 100 days, guys. We're less than 100 days from college football really being played. Jack, we're still waiting to hear if you played for Bear at Kentucky. Name has played for Bear and had a birthday this week. Happy birthday, Joe Willie. Sadly, Jack won't like this. Joe Willie <laughs> is both the most important, one of the most important people in NFL history and one of the most overrated, excuse me, all at the same time. Uh, totally not kidding, by the way. I've seen that fight. I, well, no, I believe you. I wasn't, I'm laughing at myself. I won't be doing any fist fighting, but I understand. And I don't plan on being in a bar in Alabama to talk to anybody about it. So. Remind us again Friday morning, Rick. Mohawks open up Saturday night in Amsterdam. Good to hear. Guys, thanks for coming in. Rick, John DeLon, Alan, Carlos, Jack Hirsch. Did I say Jack? Good to have you with the show tonight, Jack. Please tune in. Love your comments. Still waiting here if you play for Bear, Kentucky or not. I'll ask you again Friday morning. Um, who else did I miss? Anybody I missed, I apologize. Mac uh, McGrath, thanks for coming in and sharing that radical, radical change in NCAA. Anybody didn't catch it, watch the first half of the show. Guys, we'll be back next week, and we'll be that much closer to real college football, but we'll have stuff to talk about. And we love talking about your comments. We've had a great time tonight. Keith Engel for TGI Sports Talks College Football Huddle right here on Northeast Streaming Sports. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Have a great night, guys. Bye-bye.